This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. So we're going to jump right into the word today. Amen. Our first slide, we're coming out of Genesis 1-1. Amen. The most important scripture in the Bible. Amen. Because without it, nothing else that we know exists. Hallelujah. No theology. No reality. No anything. No church. No living waters Christian center. Amen. It is the scripture where time, matter, and space all come into being at once. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. It's, 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 it's attributed mostly by scholars to the writings of Moses. Amen. Could have been when Moses was up on Mount Sinai for those 40 days. God gave him a whole lot to write down. Hallelujah. So here we go. We all know this. Amen. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens. Reading from the New King James Version, it says, heavens, not heaven, and the earth. Hallelujah. As is my way, I wait for God to speak to me about what to say to you all each week because he is the one who wants to speak to you through me. Amen. I kept hearing heaven, heaven, heaven. And here we read the account of where God created the heavens and the earth. In times like these, when we are going through the difficulties that the world is going through, and even before the pandemic and everything like that, this was a tough place, this world. Amen. Hallelujah. And often you would hear Christians talking about heaven and heaven and heaven, and, and, and we're trying to inspire others to want to go to heaven like we are going. Amen. But what is heaven? Where is heaven? What is it all about? So next slide, please. So today we're just going to talk about heaven. Let's talk about heaven. Why should, I, why should our young people want to go to heaven? Why should the unsaved want to go to heaven? How much do we know about heaven? What do the scriptures say about heaven? And we're going to delve into it today. Amen. Hallelujah. Please join me as I pray over this message. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you for every soul gathered here today. We thank you for every soul gathered online today as well in the name of Jesus. Now, Father God, you give me a task that's far, far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today through me like never before. Fill us to overflowing, Lord God. That we, hallelujah, prepare our hearts to be good soul to receive your word today in the name of Jesus. And we won't fail to give all the praise, the glory, and the honor because you do all things well. In Jesus' name, let somebody say amen. Amen. As is my way, amen, or the way that God leads me, I should say amen. Next slide, please. Let's look at, some def let's look at the definition of heaven. All right. It's actually the heavens. Amen. And it's a Hebrew word because we're coming out of the Old Testament portion of the Bible. And this word is Hashemayim. Amen. And hallelujah, we have the Hebrew spelling there next to it. Amen. And according to Genesis 1-1, it is the sky, the highest heavens, or a lofty place. 
lofty meaning of imposing height or noble or exalted nature. So it is of a imposing height or a, a uh, in a noble or exalted nature. That's what heaven is. Hallelujah. If we want to delve a little bit deeper, if we break down the Hebrew letters that this was originally written in Genesis 1-1. Amen. Hallelujah. Where Hashemayim was written in. Hallelujah. We're going to break it down in half. Amen. The word in half. Amen. The first three letters are He, Shin, and Mem. Hallelujah. He meaning behold, a, re a revelation, and Shin meaning destruction, and Mem meaning waters. So, hallelujah, if you combine them together, amen, it means sky. The first portion of the word of heaven in Hebrew means sky. All right. The last two letters are Yud, which means hand or work. And Mem, there's water again, the ending Mem, hallelujah. And it means waters. Hallelujah, wherever you have an im, uh, I am, uh, I am in a Hebrew uh, word, it pluralizes the word. It means more than one, so waters, hallelujah. If we put it together, the literal meaning of heaven is the sky waters. Hmm. The sky waters. In the beginning, God created the sky waters. You know, scientists talk about that water was not sourced from the earth. It must have come from someplace else. Yeah, it came from God. Oh, we found water on this planet and that planet. They really didn't, amen. This is their theory. A lot of the scientific things we hear are theory. But heaven means sky waters. To put this in a little bit perspective, amen. Genesis 1 and 7 says, and God made the firmament. I'm not, that, that might be another message all about the firmament. All right. And divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. So there were waters above and waters below the firmament. We're headed somewhere. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. This will give us a little more understanding. Here we have a picture, amen, provided by uh, the Carbell ministries hallelujah the bible software software amen and we see ancient hebrew cosmology how does the ancient hebrew mind look at the development and the forming of the universe the origin and the development of the universe as we see here hallelujah there are waters above the earth and there are waters on the same level and below the earth amen and and the heaven of heavens is above the waters this is the perspective of the ancient hebrews and this is what the bible describes as the cosmology or the makeup of the universe i know this is very controversial because it goes against everything that science tells us in school but this is what the scriptures say amen and we see the the heaven of heavens is above the waters my God. Hallelujah. I know I'm a visual learner. Amen. And I love information as well. Amen. So this might help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a better understanding of what it means by the sky waters. Amen. Hallelujah. And we might get a little sense of where the water came from during Noah's flood. All right. I talked about last week, there are areas of the ocean that are eight miles deep. 
That's a lot of water. My God. Next slide, please. So point number one. Heaven or the heavens, according to Genesis 1-1, was created in the beginning, is interpreted from the ancient Hebrew word Hashemayim as sky waters, and according to the ancient Hebrew cosmology, heaven or the heavens lies in a lofty position above the earth. Saints, according to this cosmology, God is closer to us than we know. Father God, especially Jesus Christ. We know the Holy Spirit lives within us. And that the earth is not an accident. And that the earth was fine-tuned for life. My God. Next slide, please. Since there are at least three heavens. There are at least three heavens. Next slide, please. We're coming out of 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. This is Paul speaking. He's speaking in a very poetic uh, way here. Amen. Hallelujah. But he is referring to himself. He says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years. I'm coming out of 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. I'm from the King James Version. He says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years. He's referring to himself. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. So Paul had an experience where he went to the third heaven. That would be the heaven of heavens that's above the water. Now, there have been other testimonies of people who said they've gone to heaven and, and, and things of this nature. But scripturally, amen, we see Paul speaking of the third heaven. There are at least third heavens. Now, one theory, amen, that I could share with you today, that the three heavens are the sky above us, the blue sky. Outer space is the second heaven. And the third heaven is where God is. Amen. There are others that think there are seven heavens, amen. They may be basing that off of the atmosphere and everything like that. Hallelujah. But Paul here in Scripture, we're going to go with Scripture, speaks of three, the third heaven, amen. So there are at least three heavens. All right, next slide, please. So point here is according to the apostle in 2 Corinthians 12 and 2, there are at least three levels of heaven. Hallelujah. We, it's, we're talking about heaven today. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. He gave us a little uh, understanding about in scripture. Amen. About where we're headed. We're talking about heaven today. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. The abode of God. The abode of God. Next slide, please. Coming out of 1 Kings 8 and 30. This is where Solomon is uh, dedicating the temple and he says uh, Solomon was the, the son of David amen we know Solomon was the wisest man that ever walked the earth besides Jesus hallelujah he asked for wisdom God gave him wisdom and he reads and hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and thy people Israel when they shall pray towards this place and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place here the scripture saying that heaven is God's dwelling place and when thou hearest forgive scripture we're referring to the heaven as God's dwelling place 
Next slide, next scripture, please. We're coming out of Daniel 2.28. And it reads, but there is a God in heaven. But there is a God in heaven. Since we want to base our understanding of heaven and really all things God based on the scriptures. But there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. This is Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar. We know Daniel was a talented Hebrew man that was a young man that was taken to, uh, to Babylon in captivity. And, they, and the Babylonians recognized Let's say the anointing upon his life. And King Nebuchadnezzar had a bad dream, amen. And Daniel interpreted the dreams, or at least God interpreted the dreams. He gave the revelation of Daniel to give to Nebuchadnezzar, all right? But here he says, but there is a God in heaven. Next slide, please. So the point here is according to 1 Kings 8 and 30 and Daniel 2.28, the dwelling place of God is in heaven. God's abode or God's home, or where he, his manifested presence is, hallelujah, is in heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. I'm moving right along. Christ and heaven. Christ and heaven. Next slide, please. We're coming out of John 6.38. Amen. These are the words of Christ. Amen. He says, for I came down from heaven. For I came down from heaven. Not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. What was the will? To die. Christ is saying himself, I came from heaven. Our next verse here is Acts 1. 10 to 11. This is the account after uh, when Jesus ascended back to heaven. It says, and while they look with the, uh, and the apostles looking on. It says, while they looked steadfastly towards heaven. As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. This is angels here. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye, stand ye gazing up into heaven? Second time. And Jesus and said this, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven. Shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. I guess he went back to heaven. As the word heaven is mentioned multiple times here. Hallelujah. Our last slide here. Amen is. Ephesians 1 and 20, this is Paul speaking very doctrine-based uh, 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 book in the New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, God showed. He showed this when he raised Christ from the dead. God seated him at his right hand in, hev in the heavenly kingdom. So where is Christ right now? At the right hand of Father God in heaven. I don't know if you guys really understand this, but there's a man that sits on the right hand of God in heaven. He's a God man. 
Christ came, put on flesh, became a man like you and I, never put off that flesh, kept it on. His, his, his being is forever changed. He is forever the God-man, but he now represents you and I on the right hand of God, hallelujah, day and night. Well, there is no night there. Day and night for us. So I have a video on YouTube, amen, that's kind of blowing up right now. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ, hallelujah. We're, we're Christ, the, the God-man. Man is sitting next to God, representing us. There's another scripture that says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. What does that mean, amen, hallelujah? He represents mankind like congressmen and senators represent us in Washington, D.C., we are in D.C. when they're in D.C. Christ is in heaven. We spiritually are connected to heaven and have the rights of heaven through Christ. So as Christ is sitting on the right hand of Father God, we are spiritually too. Yes, I'm here at 15 Albany Avenue, Avenueville, New York, 11701. Yes, you're here. In Amityville, New York. But we are represented by Christ on the right hand of Father God. And there's an intimacy <laughs> between Father God and his son. And we're in his son spiritually. We were in Adam physically. We're in Christ spiritually. And we have a connection to Father God through Christ at his right hand. We should no longer be looking up, God, where are you? We're in Christ. And we have a connection spiritually to Father God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I must have hit this by mistake. But point three, according to John 6, 38, and Acts 1 and 10 through 11. Hallelujah. And Ephesians 1, 20, Jesus came from heaven, returned to heaven, and now sits in authority on the right hand of Father God in heaven. We're talking about heaven today. We're getting a better understanding of heaven. Hallelujah. I want to let you know this was a lot of research. <laughs> I said, God, why do you give me these hard things? Hallelujah. But he's God and I'm not. Amen. Next slide, please. The abode of angels. We're talking about heaven. Next slide. We're coming out of Mark 12, 25. These are the words of Jesus. Uh, the religious leaders tried to trap him about the, that, uh, the parable they gave about the woman being married to seven brothers. And his response, for, he says, For when they shall rise from the dead, they shall neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. Where are the angels? In heaven. Yes, they come to visit the earth. Matter of fact, they might be the beings, amen, that these warships are seeing, amen, when they see these unidentified objects. Matter of fact, there may not have ever been a time when angels were not visible to men. But now it's just that we have the technology and we're in the age of information, amen, and now these things have become well, become well known to everybody. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. 
So point four, according to Jesus' own words in Mark 12, 25, the abode of angels is in heaven. Hallelujah. Let me deal with that Mark 20, 12, 25. This is just a little tangent. Amen. In heaven, I may no longer be, uh, and, and not maybe, I will no longer be married to my wife in the sense of uh, intimacy and, and, and things of that nature. But we'll still have a connection. We'll be connected in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Before we got married, she was my sister in the Lord. And we will go back to that elevated state. Amen. Hallelujah. In heaven. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean that we won't have any kind of relationship. I won't recognize her. I won't recognize my mother or my adult. Uh, young adults here, amen, hallelujah, or recognize all of you, amen, hallelujah, but we'll have a higher relationship with one another in heaven. And we won't be bound by sin nature, hallelujah, or the needs of the flesh, hallelujah, glory to God. Amen, let's move on, hallelujah, next slide please. Satan is no longer in heaven. We all know the account in Job where the sons of God came before Father God and Satan was amongst them. And God asked him what he was doing. He said he was walking to and fro in the earth. He no longer has that access. How do you know? Next slide, please. This is Jesus speaking. Hallelujah. The 70 had returned from casting out devils and, and healing people. Amen. And this is Jesus' response. He said, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Hallelujah. Satan is no longer in heaven. He fell from heaven. Now, quick little question to you. If Satan took Adam's place as a son of God and was in heaven, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Now, Satan fell from heaven. Who now has that place in heaven that Satan once had? Who took Adam's place? His name is Jesus! Hallelujah! Yeshua! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you, this is kind of in the same passage, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why did I read that scripture? Next slide, please. Point five. According to Jesus' own words in Luke 10, 18 through 19, he saw Satan fall from heaven and has given his disciples, initially the 70 I talked about, but now the church, based on Matthew 16, 18, authority to trample over all the power of the enemy indicating Satan has not returned to heaven, the abode of God. Why would he give us authority over all the power of the enemy and then allow Satan to go back to heaven? Now he's the prince and power of the air still in this time period until he's cast into the lake of fire or put in chains for a thousand years and then cast into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. But he's no longer in the abode of God. Hallelujah. This next one I'm, uh, I'm excited about. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. The names of believers are written in heaven. The names of believers 
are written in heaven. Next slide, please. We're coming out of Luke 10 and 20. It reads, notwithstanding in this rejoice. This is the same passage that we read before with Jesus in the 70 there. It said, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather because your names are written in heaven. Now, there could be an argument that he's just talking to the 70 here. And I understand that. And that's why we got the next scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 22 to 23. I'm reading for the New, New uh, International Reader's Version. It reads, uh, the writer's unknown here. Amen. Many believe it's Paul, but we're not 100% sure. It says, but he's speaking to an audience. Amen. Hallelujah. That is made up of Hebrews. Amen. Hallelujah. Some saved. Hallelujah. But, but you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God. This is the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to a joyful gathering of angels. There are thousands and thousands of them. You have come to the church of God's people. The word church is there. Hallelujah. The, the, we're part of the church. God's first and only son is over all things. God's people share in what belongs to his son. Their names are written in heaven. You have come to God, who is the judge of all people. You have come to the spirits of godly people who, are, who have been made perfect. The main point here is our names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this just popped into my head. This is another little side. There's a part in Revelations where it talks about names being erased out of the book of life in heaven. All right. My argument to you today is that the book of Revelation given to John, the revelation given to John, John being a Jew. And we know that Paul was the main minister to the Gentiles. The book of Revelations was written to a Jewish audience. Why is that of significance? Hallelujah. The Jews have a connection to God through Abraham, who is their father. So do we, but they have a physical connection. All right. The Jews feel like they have a right to heaven purely through Abraham. Now, they, they have access to God through Abraham, obviously. God, Abraham made a covenant with Father God. However, they believe in a salvation by works. In the Jewish mind, they do not they do not believe in a fallen nature that needs to be saved. This is one of the reasons they rejected the Messiah. They didn't believe they needed to be saved. They had the law. If I just do the right thing, I'm going to get to heaven. Hallelujah. Now, if I'm someone who believes that by following the law, I'm going to get to heaven, the law being the Ten Commandments, if I break one of those commandments one time in my entire life, that I'm not going to heaven through my good works. And my name can be erased from the book of life. We didn't get into heaven through our good works. We got in through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He lived perfectly. He kept the law perfectly on our behalf. He came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He fulfilled it on our behalf. And now we're in Christ, so our names will never be erased from the book of life because he did it and he lived this life perfectly. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it can't be overturned. Hallelujah. It's important to know what's 
scripture, what book was written to who? To the Jewish mindset, to, to, to John, when this revelation was given, amen, hallelujah, the Jews believed the Messiah is the Messiah once they see him sitting on the throne of Jerusalem. That will only happen after the tribulation. So, to be saved without accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, and the church raptured already, and you are Jewish, you're going to have to overcome all the challenges of the, the, the tribulation period and survive until you see Christ sitting on the throne of Jerusalem. So when we read these things in Revelation, we have to understand who is John writing to? So thank God there are many Jews coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before the tribulation and before the rapture. Hallelujah. And there's, some, there's a group of people doing great work in Jerusalem. I, get the, I forget their names offhand. Amen. Hallelujah. But saving people, putting out videos, and doing great work. And we thank God. And we pray for Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Hallelujah. But this is the understanding we have read Revelation like it was written to us, the church. Now, we can benefit from it, but it wasn't written to us. We're in Christ. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, you're not going to like this. None of the Bible was written to us. It is a Jewish book with mostly Jewish writers. We learn from it. We benefit from it. We're saved through it. But it wasn't written to us us why the jews didn't even know gentiles were going to get saved it was a mystery why would you write to people that you don't think have any chance to be saved it was a mystery the bible is a jewish middle eastern book and it should be understood that way amen Hallelujah. I know I just turned over your theology right now. I apologize. Amen. Next slide, please. Point six, according to Luke 10, 20, which had the 70, 70 disciples, and Hebrews 12, 22 to 23 is the church and the spirits of just men or godly people. As believers in Christ, our names are written in heaven. Your name, if you are a believer in Christ, you truly and sincerely gave your name to Christ, is written in heaven kind of puts life in perspective why am i so stressed out about this or that when my name is written in heaven hallelujah it can't be erased hallelujah next slide please absent from the body present with the lord absent from the body present with the lord what are you talking about brother minister let's go there now hallelujah next slide please i'm coming out of second corinthians 5 6 through 8 this is paul i'm reading the new, new living translation this is paul again he wrote most of the new testament hallelujah and he and he's writing to the corinthians he says so we are always confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies we are not at home with the lord so he, he used flesh and blood in the new in the King James Version. But, he, but, but as long as we are in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord. Saints, this body will not go to heaven. It is an earthly body. It is flesh and blood. The blood transferred the sin nature of Adam onto all of us. Hallelujah. It cannot go to heaven. 
In our blood is sin. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. He poured out his life, his perfect life, to pay for our sins. Hallelujah. Let me read on. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we, and, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. Amen. So those, and let me not get before, those that have uh, slept, or to be more clear, that have died before the rapture, they're away from their bodies now. Their bodies are at the graveyard. But the inner man is with the Lord in heaven. Hallelujah. Next, next slide, next verse. We're going to go to Philippians 1, 21 through 24. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Uh, this is Paul speaking again. He says, for me to live is Christ. He's the source of my joy, my reason to live. Is Christ your reason to live? It's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Why am I living? Is it for Christ or is it for some other reasons? And the reason this is important is because everything else will pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Everything you put your hope in, your trust in, your belief in will pass away. Christ is eternal. Hallelujah. Let me go on. It says, if, however, it is to be life here and I'm going and I am to go on living, this will, be, this will mean useful and productive service for me. So Paul is saying, I have a choice. I can go on to heaven, but it's, it's better for me to stay here and to keep ministering to you. He says, so I don't know which to choose if I am given that choice, but I am hard-pressed between the two. So he, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a situation for him. I have a desire to leave this world and be with Christ. And let's be real, some, sometimes we all feel that way. I'm just ready to go. <laughs> I'm so tired. Take me, Jesus. And Paul dealt with that too. Oh, I know I'm in the house. Don't say amen. Say ouch. I'm a, all right. I have a desire to leave this world and be with Christ, for that is far, far better. And it is. Hallelujah. Yet, to remain in my body is more necessary and essential for your sakes. So let me pick on myself. It's better for me to be here now in uh, submission to God, being used by God as Pastor Brown, as husband Robert, as father daddy, as friend and brother to you all, as son to Debbie and Michael, and brother to Saida. Than to leave here and go on to heaven right now. But to do that means I have to remain in this body. Next slide. Next verse. We're coming down to 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 53. This is the New Living Translation. This is Paul explaining more to our friends at Corinth. He says, what am I saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies, our flesh and blood in the King James, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These new bodies will be flesh and spirit. That blood can't go to heaven. Our blood can't go to heaven. These dying bodies cannot inherit what lasts forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will be all but, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. 
For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. We'll get that celestial body. Something popped into my head about the Revelation thing. I do understand the seven churches in the book of Revelation. But I'm talking about the parts of Revelation where... God was saying certain things that was for the Jewish audience. Amen. Hallelujah. So these corruptible bodies, as it says in the King James, will not go to heaven. Amen. When he comes back, when Jesus comes back for his church, amen, we will be given new bodies in the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Point number seven. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8 and Philippians 1, 21 through 24 and 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 53. As believers, if we die before the rapture, we will be with Jesus in heaven in spiritual form without a body. But that is not our natural state. God made us to be in bodies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, please. We're getting there. Will heaven be the eternal abode for believers? We all talk about going to heaven, going home, home going service. I'm leaving this place. I'm going home. Let's see. Let's see what the scripture says. Next slide, please. We're coming out of Revelations 21, 1 through 3. I'm reading the Amplified Version. This is the John the Elder speaking. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, vanished, and there is no longer any sea. So there's no more heaven and no more earth as we know it. And no more sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Arrayed like a bride, adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the tabernacle of God is among men. And he will live among them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Uh, point eight, according to Revelation 21, 1 through 3, heaven as we know it now will not be the eternal abode of born again believers. What? We won't be in heaven forever? There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Our current heaven and earth will pass away and there will be a new heaven and earth. Heaven and earth will be one again like it was in the Garden of Eden when, when, when God was walking through the garden. And believers would dwell on the new heaven which is on. We saw the new Jerusalem coming out of the sky to earth. Believers would dwell on the new heaven which is on earth in our eternal physical bodies. As mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15 50 through 53, the new earth, which will be one with heaven, is our eternal home. Saints, our eternal home will be on earth. Heaven and earth will be one. Our natural state is to be in a body. We will be in new bodies on a physical earth. It's not this earth. There will be a new earth, a new heaven, a new earth. Heaven and earth will be one. God will be on earth ruling and reigning. 
And we will be on earth ruling and reigning. I will, rule, I will read that later. Hallelujah. But our home, we will be back on earth. Hallelujah. I know that's not preaching churches. I'll be thrown out of 99% of the churches for what I just said. That's the scripture. We're not just going to heaven, staying there forever. So if we die before the rapture, our, 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 our inner man will go there. But then God, when he creates the new heaven and earth, we will be back on earth as heaven and earth will be one. And the new Jerusalem came down to earth. All right. Next slide. What is heaven like? What is heaven like? I have a lot of reading to do here, so just be patient with me. Amen. We're getting there. Amen. We're almost done. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. I'm coming out of Revelation 21, 3 through 4, and I'm going to be jumping around. This is John the Elder again. He writes, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he would dwell with them and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. So there will no longer be a physical separation between believers and God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death. God never intended for us to die. Death is the wages of sin is death. Neither sorrow. God never intended for us to have sorrow. No crying. He never intended for us to cry. Neither shall there be any more pain. Pain is not from God. For the former things are passed away. I'm jumping over now to Revelation 21 and 11. Next slide, please. This is speaking of heaven. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The city Speaking about the new Jerusalem here on earth now. The city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. We're talking about what heaven is like. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand the gold measuring stick to measure the city, the city being the New Jerusalem. Hallelujah. That is on earth now. Hallelujah. Its gates and its walls, when, when he measured it, he found it was square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were 1,400 miles. What a city. 1,400 miles in every direction. It is approximately 1,400 miles from here to where I used to live in Texas. Imagine a city taking up that space. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide, next verse, verse 17. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick. I've never seen a wall that thick before. According to the human standard used by the angel, the wall was made of jasper and the city was pure gold. As clear as glass, the wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second was sapphire, the third a gate, if I'm, I'm pronouncing that right, the fourth emerald, the fifth, on, fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh crystal light. 
the eighth barrel, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amarith, amarith, excuse my Hebrew here, hallelujah. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. They, they, get, they just ripping up streets right now to repave them. You won't have to in heaven, hallelujah, at least in the New Jerusalem. And the city had no need or of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. So there's a world outside the city, in this heaven. All right? Hallelujah. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter. Nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We know that ours are. Hallelujah. We're going to jump over to Revelations 22 and 1 now. Next slide, please. This is still John speaking, but in the next chapter. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. There's a, there'll be a river there, clear as crystal, no pollution. Hallelujah. Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on the other side of the river was there a tree of life. Which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. We all read this scripture. And there shall be no more curse, no curse in heaven. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads and there shall be no night there and they and they need no candle need the light of the sun for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever and they shall reign or we shall reign with God forever and ever there will be people who are born after the tribulation. Born during and after the millennial period. That will need governing. And we will be those people that govern them. The human race will continue. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me conclude here. Hallelujah. In conclusion, heaven in its current state is the abode of Father God, Jesus, the angels. Who's missing? Where's the Holy Spirit? He lives inside of us. He's not in heaven. He lives inside of us. A measure of him lives inside of each of us that are saved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Angels and disembodied or dearly departed believers in Christ are there. That lie high above the earth. In heaven all suffering will cease and believers will reign with the Lord forever and ever. It is a place of great beauty. And when made one with the earth after the millennial period will be the eternal home of born again believers for all eternity. Heaven is a place to be desired and is the antithesis of the current sinful and fallen state of the earth. I leave you with, with the words of the great apostle Paul. For I, for I consider from the standpoint of faith. That the sufferings of this present of the present life 
are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. I am done. We talked about heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do why are we saved? Why do we come to church? Why do we engage in the things we engage in? We, we desire to be with the Lord in heaven. It is opposite or the antithesis of everything that we experience here. There is no pain. There is no crying. There is no death. There is no sickness. There is no disease. It is a wonderful place. It is a place that at one point will be one with the earth. And we will always be with the Lord. I don't know. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. There are too many things that are fine-tuned for us to be here. God has reached out to man by sending his son, Jesus, to die on our behalf that we might have access to have relationship with him forevermore in a wonderful place. Man keeps attempting to make heaven on earth through political means, through uh, social justice means, through neighborhood planning and gated communities. But because man has a fallen nature, man can never create the perfect society on earth. Only God can. The society with no racism, no war, no rape, no murder, no sadness, no abuse, no mental health issues, no physical health issues, no chauvinism, no anything like that, no, no isms. It's heaven and eventually heaven here on earth, the new earth. So we have a lot to look forward to for all eternity. And this light suffering we're going through now, we all go through something. Even Pastor Brown goes through things every day. Are not worthy to be compared with all eternity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got a lot to look forward to. You're eternal beings in Christ. And this little 70, 80, 90, 100 years cannot be compared to all eternity. Hallelujah. Young people, this is real. The Bible is the most scrutinized book in the history of the world. People have tried to poke nail and holes in it for years, and it has stood the test of time. I know we got questions. I know we have been informed more by the world than by the church. And unfortunately, we've been informed by the church that was not operating at its optimal, optimal level. And some of us have been hurt in church, disrespected in church, heard things in church that we should not have. And I apologize to all of you for that. You shouldn't have had to go through that. But do remember, we live on a fallen planet. And we have an imperfect church, unfortunately. But young people, amen, hallelujah, there is a life, an eternal life that I want you to look forward to and to help that eternal life shape your current life and to help you overcome the challenges of this life, the temptations of this life, the hardship of this life.
Mommy's not perfect. Daddy's not perfect. Teachers are not perfect. The man in front of you right now, Pastor Brown, is not perfect. But there will be a time where we are in that perfect society. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. I want to encourage you, let your current life be shaped by eternity. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Real quick, amen. You were impacted by this message and you want to go to this heaven one day. You want to experience this forevermore. You don't want to be separated from God for all eternity. If that is you and you want to experience it, God would have that all would be saved and none would be lost. This is your opportunity to join the family of God, to claim heaven as your home away from your body and then the new heaven and new earth as your eternal home as a believer in Christ. There's only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Unless you want to endure the tribulation <laughs> and see Christ sitting on the throne, I would not take my chances with that. Amen. Listen, it's through Christ. Either way, hallelujah. So let's make that, make a decision to be a part of the family of God through Christ. If that's you, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe you rose the third day as the evidence, as the payment to Father God for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' day, amen. If you said that prayer, if you embarked on that covenant with those words, and you said it sincerely, you were saved, and one day you will be in heaven, whether the heaven that's in existence now or the new heaven and new earth, one day. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you to the family of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, if you enjoyed today's message, amen, and you want messages like this to continue, we need your help because we're on this current earth. And on this current earth, as evil as it is, it's called filthy lucor in the, in the in scriptures. It's talking about money. Unfortunately, this world system works by money. And we need your help right now to continue to share the gospel message. Amen. There are three ways you can help us. Amen. Financially. You can give at our website, lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. If I'm not on that slide, could you put me on that slide? Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Let me say it again. You can give a donation online at lwccgrace.org forward slash donations and make a financial investment, a donation. If you have a church home, please don't tie to us. Tie to your local church. Amen and support of that church, amen. But if you consider this your church home, amen, you're unaffiliated with any other church, we will receive your tithe, amen. But nonetheless, we do need your financial support, amen. lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. The second way for those of us who don't feel comfortable giving online, you can mail your donation to the Living Waters Christian Center, uh, P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, 11701. Once again, you can mail that donations to Living Waters Christian Center, P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, 11701. That is on your screen. Amen. And the third way is you can come and join us in person. Amen. 
the CDC guidelines are starting to loosen a little bit. As you can see, I'm not wearing a mask today, amen, but I am still apart, amen, from others, hallelujah, except for those in my household, amen. We have added a few more chairs, amen, hallelujah, we're all three feet apart, amen, hallelujah, we've added more chairs, so we have more room for you, amen, now, amen, you can join us in person, we are still taking temperatures, we are still wearing masks until the CDC guidelines advance even further, amen, hallelujah, we would love to have you here join us. And if we are too full, we have an overflow room in the back with the TV. Amen. So we would love for you to join us. We worship from 11 to 11.30. Amen. And then we have the word portion of our service at 11.30. So if you'd like to join us and come and worship with us and fellowship with us in person and then give in person, that is your third way you can give. We're at 15 Albany Avenue, Amityville, New York, 11701. And we'd love to have you join us. We'd love to meet you in person. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me pray over these offerings. Father God, we thank you and praise you for the seed we sow. We sow for the upkeep and expansion of your kingdom. We sow it because we love you, Lord God, and we want the gospel to continue to spread, Lord God. Father God, bless these offerings, Lord God, as we give, just as a sower or a farmer gives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless these seeds that we sow, this money we sow, Lord God. Let it return a 30-fold return, a 60-fold return a hundredfold return, a millionfold return on that which we sow into your kingdom, this good soil, in the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord God, that our investment might expand, that we might be blessed to be a blessing to others in sharing the gospel. We thank you today. We praise you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you online that have joined us today. We love you. God bless you. We'll be back at 1130 with another gospel message. Be blessed. God loves you. We'll see you next week. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. A place called heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.